0: Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist, and I can't wait to get started. This is such an important episode, especially as we head into the holidays, I think. This week, we're going to be focusing on forgiveness. And just as a reminder, before we get going, I will be doing a bonus episode on the essential oil blend forgiveness, too. This is a powerful oil blend, and if you resonate with this topic, if it's something that you want to start working on after you listen to the episode, I really recommend you go listen to that short episode, uh, that it's just a bonus episode that talks about the essential oil for the week. But it has some really good information, and so I just would love for you to go listen to that. All right, let's get started. Forgiveness is a really big deal. It's very important. And even as I was thinking about talking about forgiveness, I realized how hard it is for me, maybe for all of us, right, to move toward forgiveness. It touches a deep place in our soul, and it seems that we were created with an innate drive, I guess, to protect ourselves. We were made to protect our bodies and our emotions from pain and holding on to the memory of pain from the past is kind of how we learn to protect ourselves from pain in the future. The truth is that we are only hurting ourselves, right? We only hurt ourselves when we hold on to the pain of the past. It grows in us like a cancer and it eats away at our joy and peace It robs us of experiencing our present moment. So my guest today has such great insights into this subject, and I can't wait for you to hear. But before we do that, I wanted to throw my two cents into. So here's my definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. This is one of my favorite definitions. We were created with a very strong sense of justice. Most of the time, we want things to be fair and equal and right, when an eye for an eye, right? We want retribution. When we have been hurt, our natural instinct is to hurt back. But in forgiveness, we have to let that go. We give up that right in order to move on from holding all that pain. What forgiveness is not is trust. Forgiveness does not require present reconciliation. It only requires reconciliation of the past. Does that make sense? Forgiveness doesn't equal trust. And sometimes we mix that up. We're going to be talking a lot about that in the interview. So I want you to listen closely. I think we should maybe just jump in. Let me tell you about my guest this week. Babita Spinelli is the CEO of the Babita Spinelli Group, and she also is the CEO of Opening the Doors Psychotherapy. She provides an empowering space for clients to explore what holds them back while challenging them to make positive and healthy changes to transform their lives. She has spent her life helping others, first as a lawyer, yep, a lawyer, and now as a certified coach psychotherapist and mental health consultant. She knows firsthand what it's like to struggle and to thrive. This is pretty cool. Babita was the 2019 recipient of the New York Psychotherapists Award and was named New Jersey's top 10 leading women entrepreneurs in 2020. Her therapy and coaching services are virtual and provided globally for everyone. This was such a fun and interesting interview, and I can't wait for you to hear all the insights that Babita shares. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Babita, for being here. I'm so glad you're here with me. This is fun. We're going to be talking about forgiveness, but before we do that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Great to be here, Wendy. So a little bit about me. I am a psychotherapist, a certified relationship coach, and a mental health consultant, Um, My practice is is global, but I do have some brick and mortar offices um, in New York, New Jersey, and Florida, although I am fully virtual at this time. And the areas in my practice that I I tend to work in, uh, in addition to psychoanalysis and psychodynamic psychotherapy, is really focusing on relationship work. And what that means is the relationship to ourselves the relationship to others, you know, be it in a couple or friendship or work relationship um, and life transition work. So eventful things that have taken place in someone's life. It could be a divorce. It could be getting out of a toxic relationship. It could be becoming a co-parent. Uh-huh. Um, and those are the areas in my practice that I tend to work in.
0: That's great. I also saw that you do quite a bit of work in career transitions. I do.
1: And I do quite a bit of work in that, having a career transition myself. I yes. uh, This is actually a second career for me. And so I often get individuals reaching out to me in terms of exploring career transitions and how do they do it and where do they go from here and all the feelings that come up with it as well. Yeah,
0: yeah I do a lot of work in coaching around what I call professional trauma. So when people have a professional trauma that they experience in the middle of, you know, of their career, then I really work with them, just moving them into where they're going to be going next and out of feeling stuck. So I do a lot of work with folks around professional traumas. So I was, cause I also had a career transition too. So
1: You did. Yes, I read about that. And I love how you frame that professional trauma because it really is Mm -hmm. uh, or it can be. Um, And for me, taking, you know, moving from corporate America Mm -hmm. and being an attorney over to becoming a psychotherapist, you know, it's a journey and Mm -hmm. it does take a lot of work into making that transition. It doesn't necessarily just happen overnight. And I think along the ways, there can be that experience of, trauma um, and a lot of, you know, sort of emotions that come up in the space until you finally feel like you've landed.
0: Yeah, it's very true. I mean, people don't usually move out of something like that, you know, without something really big happening to move them, right? (laughs) It makes them uncomfortable.
1: Absolutely. There tends to be a life event of some sort.
0: That's really true. (laughs) There sure is. So, I'm loving talking to all of you therapists this season in my podcast. I love doing this and it's been really fun. And I've been able to ask all of you about why you became a counselor. And maybe that's something that I'd love to hear because it is a second career for you. So I'd love to hear the story of why you decided to move.
1: What a great question. Maybe I'll start with how it happened and then how the why happened. Um, So, I was very stuck in my life, had a lot taking place personally and professionally. And I started seeing a therapist. And as we were unpacking everything that was taking place for me, um, you know, I really was not very happy in my career. And I'd reached the, you know, what I would call the pinnacle of my success. It's not that I wasn't necessarily doing well, but I really found that it just didn't feel like the right fit for me. And I knew I wanted to do something more meaningful, and I just you know, couldn't figure out what that was. And so as we were unpacking this, she one day was in session and she said, you'd make a great therapist. And she literally handed me a bunch of books. And here's the part that is so interesting: how I I do say, you know, such as life has its way. She hands me a bunch of books. Now I'm working for a big consulting firm, and I'm thinking, what am I going to read this stuff? right? Right? I have like, and that was one of the things that was very difficult about the work was there's so much going on. And if you're passionate about it, you do it. But if you're not, it gets a little harder, right? Right. So I broke my foot, and so I needed to be home. And I basically started reading these books about like on being a therapist and et cetera, et cetera. And it just clicked, it clicked, and I said, "This is it." And so I went back to school. I did my clinical training, et cetera, and then hung my shingle, and that's sort of how it happened.
0: That's amazing. And do you feel like you're fulfilling the reason that you decided to do that, you know, to help people or to do something more meaningful? You were saying, Do you feel like that is something that you're actually achieving now?
1: Absolutely. Uh, What I find is I really wanted to help individuals move from that place of whether it's, you know, a a trauma, big T or little T, or a life-changing event, and help them to feel empowered, heal, transform, and rebuild their life. And... I felt and I feel being a psychotherapist brings me close to that.
2: Mm, I like and I that.
1: understand, right, that that journey takes me and the client, mm-hmm. but that is what's meaningful to me. And I absolutely love it. And after all these years, I still love it.
0: That's that's a great story. I love that story. Well, let's move into what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Forgiveness. And as we start um, talking about forgiveness, I would like for you to just maybe define what you think forgiveness is and what it is not. Um, I think that there might be, I know that there are a lot of misconceptions out there on what forgiveness is and, and how it looks in our life. So I'd love for you just to give kind of a definition and maybe there are more than one definition in different situations right so yeah let's just hear you talk about that
1: glad you said that because there's so much here and i feel that there's often what i call the stigma around forgiveness
2: mm-hmm.
1: because because there's so many situations in which we can define forgiveness differently but i'm going to start with like a basic definition first mm-hmm which really is forgiveness is the release of negative emotions where we are holding emotions such as anger, feelings of revenge, vengeance, resentment. um, And it really overtakes us. And forgiveness is releasing that. Forgiveness is letting that go. Mm -hmm. Um, And forgiveness is um, when we can find peace with what happened however Mm. the definition that i just described does need to be tailored depending on what we are talking about and i think that is why there can be such a stigma around it Mm -hmm. because when we look at it when we come from a place of let's say abuse um and you've got someone who is a victim of abuse Mm -hmm. When we look at forgiveness and the definition of that, that's not going to be the same as if we're looking at forgiveness with regard to, let's say, a situation, something's happened with your boss or something has happened at home. You know, you're angry at your husband about something around parenting. That's a different kind of forgiveness. Or if we're talking about infidelity, that's a different kind of forgiveness. With that, for example, the smaller but meaningful issues that I described, such as that an argument with someone or an interaction with your boss, that forgiveness is when we're looking at an acceptance that's leaning into empathy or compassion, right? We're trying to understand what that person must be feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we define forgiveness by leaning into that space. In terms of the other situations I described, it's not necessarily always about leaning into empathy or forgiveness or somebody else's wounds. It requires a few other things, which I'll get into in a moment.
0: Yeah, I would love to hear that because I really do think that many times we use that same word, right? Forgiveness for many things. I guess we do the same thing with love. Like, I love pizza. And I love my husband and I love my kids. Right. And we can do that with forgiveness as well. I think using it in, in many situations that it requires something different of us and it doesn't look the same, even though we use the same word. Right. So I can forgive my husband for not taking the garbage out when he, when I, you know he said he was going to and he didn't and i have to let that go sometimes and i have to figure out why that happened but the deeper the wound the more impact forgiveness has and 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 also not forgiving has right like
1: yeah. yes absolutely so true forgiveness when we've got deep wounds such as that when we have spaces that for some can be extremely horrific Mm -hmm. um or we may have spaces where we really are abandoned for example when i do relationship work where there's infidelity betrayal Mm
2: -hmm.
1: where there's even divorce and it's unexpected where there's so much pain Mm -hmm. that forgiveness that true forgiveness is about acknowledging our suffering and recognizing that it still matters but not allowing it to own us anymore so it is releasing the hold on us it is recognizing that those feelings that that pain and that anger is keeping us stuck and stopping us from truly healing and it's very different because that forgiveness is releasing the shackles It's releasing our own sense of being imprisoned by those emotions, those very weighing, which can also lead to being debilitating and um, an impact on our mental health negatively, those emotions. So it's a different forgiveness than I can speak to, let's say, my husband around not taking up about the about the garbage, or maybe putting too much on a credit card bill, or right. something, and trying to understand why that happened. Very different kind of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yes, this one is much deeper, and the way I approach it is very different. And when I talk about what forgiveness is not in those situations, it's very different. Mm-hmm.
0: I think one leads to a a reconciliation or a a partnering with again. And one doesn't necessarily have to do that.
1: Very true. In the other aspect of it, there doesn't need to be a partnering at all. In fact, there tends not to be a partnering. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happens there, which is why I think this distinction that we're talking about is so important, is often um, individuals feel that if they forgive, they're actually um, letting go of what happened to them. meaning they are giving permission to that person that actually caused them harm. They're giving some sort of gift to them or that they are letting go that this experience has happened. Mm -hmm. And that's very hard for someone who has either been a victim of some sort of abuse or um, is having a difficult time when let's say there's an infidelity and we're trying to work through no, listen. That wasn't okay. But let's kind of figure out how do we move forward from this and what it meant to the relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would say part of this is what it is not for people to understand what it is mm-hmm. and what it is not. It's it's not about condoning the behavior. Mm-hmm. In when it's, we have those more deeply wounded areas, it's not about that. We're not saying, "Hey, it's okay that you had an affair." Mm-hmm. Hey, it's okay that you abused me over and over again. It's okay that you were so controlling and possessive and emotionally abusive to me throughout our marriage. Um, It's okay that you hit me or beat me during our relationship, right? It's very different. It's saying, I'm not condoning this, but I am choosing to love myself more and I'm not giving you power over me because what is happening is I am allowing this to take over my life and you're attached to me now. This story is attached to me. So forgiveness in that is letting that story go. And it's not about letting go of the fact that this necessarily happened. Mm -hmm. So it's viewing it very differently, but it is making peace with it.
0: Yeah. And, and it's still validating your experience and validating your, your emotions in the experience and the injustice even in the experience, but being able to say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to stay stuck here.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we're not denying the injustice, exactly. We're not denying the egregiousness of the action. Um, we're recognizing that we need to move into this space in order to continue to live our life mm-hmm. and be able to move forward. But it does take work. Um, and something you said is very important. We're not denying it. And we do have to, in order to move to forgiveness, what I share with my clients is we do need to be able to acknowledge and accept that there was pain. Um, that there was pain and that there's anger and that there's sadness. And that doesn't mean that we're necessarily needing to continue to stay in that space. But it does mean that it's being validated and witnessed in a way that it never has been. Mm -hmm. And that we are giving it that kind of validity that you described. So the first step in actually even starting the process is first accepting and knowing exactly what happened and acknowledging that it has elicited and created an impact on
0: us. Mm I think that sometimes people because that part right there is so hard and very painful that sometimes people in very big wounds that happen in relationship, they want to move fast through all of that to forgiveness. What they feel is forgiveness. I'm just going to forgive you and I'm going to let it go. And they don't feel the woundedness. And so it will just keep coming back to haunt them.
1: Yes. And you know, I agree with you. There's a lot of not wanting to feel it. So there's a lot of dissociation
2: Mm.
1: around it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of fear and shame. Mm -hmm. And so just talking about it makes it so real and that's painful and shameful. Mm -hmm. There can be a lot of self blame. So sometimes we, we weave into or look at, do you, have you forgiven yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is hard to talk about. And I think one of the things that I feel is so critical is it's not a magic pill. It does take time. It does mm-hmm. take time. It does take time. And we don't have to rush it. Yeah. We could stay very gently into nudging ourselves first to realize that we're capable and willing. Mm-hmm. And then being able to get into the processing part of it before what I call into the next two or three phases of forgiveness, which Mm -hmm. I'll describe. But the very first powerful part is we're describing you and I is that space around feeling like you can talk about it Mm -hmm. and have it witnessed and validated.
0: Yeah, that's really important. And that takes time. I mean, the bigger the event, right? The more time that takes. And the more space you need to have your experience validated. And it's, it's a hard place to sit, you know, that people often want to move fast through that. But I wanted to ask you, you know, kind of while we're talking about this, why do you think it's important for our mental health, right, to work through these steps of forgiveness?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, great question. And maybe, maybe so, that takes you into the next steps that you're, we were talking about, but I would love to hear that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yes, it actually does. And so I'll start with the next steps and then speak to why it's so important for our mental health. So the next step around that is around perspective.
2: Mm.
1: So once we have moved into being able to talk about it, Accepting it, having it witnessed, sharing and leaning into the discomfort of our feelings, um, being able to make room for what we call our shadow, for our, our anger, our rage, or sadness. We then look at it and reflect on it with perspective. Mm. And that's asking ourselves those questions. Um, recognizing wasn't our fault. Looking at what did this mean in my life? giving ourselves perspective around where I am now. Um, How is this in the context of my space, my world, my community, my my friendships, Mm -hmm. Um, perspective around how do I want to see myself? Mm -hmm. Um, What feels meaningful to me in order to heal? Um, Why it's so important to, um, to be able to move into a place of forgiveness. So that's all perspective. That's all about giving it context. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, and again, this sort of, again, can weave in and out. um, It's looking at at benefit, meaning what could my life look like if I no longer was attached to this story? What would I imagine it would feel like if I didn't feel angry every day, resentful every day, in pain with this every day? if I didn't think about what I wanted to do to this person, right? Or, or obsess about what happened Mm -hmm. and what would those benefits be to me? So to answer your question, Wendy, when we are sort of in that space, we can see the mental health benefits because when we can travel through that journey, a few things happen. We lessen our anxiety. Why is that? Because we are no longer sitting in a space of our anxious thoughts about this incident or about this person and what's happened to us, like those dangerous thoughts. And what is anxiety? We are thinking, what is the most dangerous thing that's going to happen? What if I should have. I could have, right? All of that is kind of our, our basket of anxiety, mm-hmm. our worry. The second part is this. When we release it, we release our anxiety because we can also let go of the story so we might be able to see ourselves differently. Mm-hmm. And that lessens our anxiety about who we are if, we're, if we blame ourselves, if we're not forgiving ourselves. The other part is this, it um, helps us with depression. So when we forgive, naturally as we are letting go and moving into creating or building our future because we're no longer held in this space, data shows we lift our sadness, our dopamine, our serotonin levels start to get raised Mm -hmm. because we're no longer stuck. Um, The other mental health benefit is that we can actually move into a place of self-compassion towards ourselves. And as we know, right, in the therapeutic space, what do we try and advocate? Can we be empathic and self-compassionate to ourselves? And that's also part of the forgiveness process Mm -hmm. because we're actually looking at a space where in a lot of situations, we keep beating ourselves up over, how did I let this happen? And so that piece also helps our mental health. And last but not least, our physical health gets impacted, right? When we hold, when we're stuck in those negative emotions, our physical health is impacted. And so naturally, if we can move into forgiveness, it impacts our mental health, which will then help us in a positive way with our physical health. And it all, it's kind of the mind-body connection. It It, all goes together.
0: It really does. And I have seen the, when people can work through forgiveness, (laughs) they can work through forgiving people in their lives that have really hurt them, so much changes in their life, just so much. It's like a, a weight lifted off, right? Just the ability yeah. to move through life in emotionally, physically, relationally it is so much lighter.
1: Yes, it is so much lighter. And um, I, when I think about the space of, let's say, going back to relationship work, And going back to infidelity, where there's a little bit of tweaking around forgiveness in that space. Because in that space, uh, certain additional steps need to follow. In that space, we're actually seeking something from our partner. In order to forgive, we are seeking our partner to own and apologize in a particular way about that particular action. Mm that and acknowledge and own that their action has hurt that their betrayal has hurt their partner mm-hmm. and so when we can move slowly through that space and in infidelity where there's ownership where there's an apology where there's um authentic and real exploration as to why it happened um, and to make room for the individual who's been pet- betrayed to be able to fully talk about it and actually even process and let out their anger in the couple space. Then we feel like we can rebuild and maybe even possibly hope for a different kind of relationship because we've really looked at a lot of things that led to this infidelity. Yeah. So yes, it can make it can really rebuild as well and that's just an example of where that can happen especially in that relationship
0: piece. Right. Let's go back to the other kind of forgiveness, you know, we were talking about kind of a deeper woundedness or things that are just not quite as big of a deal, but still we need to forgive, right? We need to forgive them and let them go, let it go. And so that it doesn't stay inside us, right? Have you found in your own life and in the lives of your clients that when you don't do that kind of work with the bigger things, that it seems harder with the little things? Absolutely. What ends up happening is
1: the little things, what I call the grudges, the little things also become small but mighty. They're they're meaningful. Mm. And so if someone's stuck in the bigger one, All of the little things do attach as well because it's about a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And we often then stay in feeling victimized. And then that perception of oneself as a victim just perpetuates in all aspects. And it could be even something small as, I cannot believe it and get me the right coffee. Like how could they possibly do that. Mm-hmm. And it may that may seem like, you know, as I bring up this example, it may seem like, oh, that seems so silly, but it really isn't. Because what it is is it's attached to something bigger. We, we may have not felt loved or cared for. We may have felt neglected, abandoned, we haven't been able to forgive. Mm-hmm. So then all of these things add up and we're stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And so yes, I think moving in from the bigger space into the smaller spaces can shift mm-hmm. that perspective. And we move from victim to survivor to empowered being, even in the smaller spaces.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that progression. That's great. So I'm wondering if you happen to have things that you use that are kind of tangible, maybe that you've used in your own life, that you've used, you know, that you've used to help your clients that could help the audience really, and just to move toward The steps of forgiveness. So, is there something tangible about that? Yeah, there's a few
1: tangible things. I use a lot of different things. I think the first tool that I think can be really helpful, which is a lot of expressive writing. And so, I know for some, sometimes individuals feel, you know, okay, yes, I journal, but what I'm talking about is literally writing about your feelings and what happened. And what I like to do in the work and that I suggest is this, often I might say, write a letter to yourself, write a letter to yourself about what happened Um, and do it from a place of empathy and compassion so that we can first face our feelings Mm -hmm. and accept and validate them and then read it out loud. Read it out loud in the therapeutic space, read it out loud to someone you trust, to yourself. Sometimes I'll also bring in the tool of what I call like chair therapy, maybe that person right you've detached yourself from that person or you're not you shouldn't have contact with that person or maybe they've even passed away mm-hmm. and then it's as if you are facing them and you are speaking about your pain and what they've done mm-hmm. um and that often happens even um in situations, and you've probably read about this, for example, when individuals have been in really horrific crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they may do what's called, you know, the chair therapy, where they are speaking to that person about it is not okay what you did to me. Mm-hmm. Empty so chair. Mm-hmm. these are some tools that I often suggest in meaningful ways. Um, other tools might be this is when we look at some of the more. Um, they're impactful, but maybe more narrow, right? Incidents that happen, let's say in relationship work and stuff, I might say, let's have the tool of imagine you're that person. And what might they be feeling around this incident that happened between both of you and what might be taking place between them? And I'll give you a simple example. Like someone comes in, they're talking about feeling really annoyed and angry about the way their boss operates Mm -hmm. or something that happened. And I might say, well, how about we start with looking at what might be going on? What might, why might he have done that? What might be going on? What might be the pressures he's feeling? And how might we look at that differently? And let's write that out. and Let's talk about that. So these are just some of the tools that I think can be incorporated. And I have like such a list of them, but I'm just trying to like snapshot some more tangible ones. Mm-hmm. Um, some ones that are, are, might be less tangible are Things like this to, and they're still tangible, but to really think and reflect on. I call it future work. Describe yourself. Describe the you that doesn't have this weight that you're carrying. What does he or she look like? Feel like? What are you doing in your life? What are your desires that are being fulfilled? Um, What does your day look like? How are you feeling? And describe her for him. And let's go there.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great thing to be, to journal about, to write about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are very tangible things that people can do. And when would you say somebody might need to seek out a therapist or a coach um, to walk through this with them? I mean, there's some things that we could, we could do on our own, right? We can we can work through forgiving things on our own. But when do you think is the time or when would we know that it's the time to look for somebody to, to walk through that with us?
1: Yeah, what a wonderful question. Um, I think there are a few indicators. The first one is when we realize that this toxic situation has taken over our life. Um, so sometimes it's certain symptoms. We, we recognize that it, this is not necessarily just your average anger. This is something that you realize it's hard to function. This is more what I call the toxic anger, not anger that I feel like everybody everybody's healthy anger. Right. We feel that we are unable to take steps in our life. We feel very stuck. So maybe we are unable to even something as simple as be able to, Communicate with other people, we find ourselves isolated, we're sitting in loneliness. We may find ourselves fi- feeling an emotional roller coaster within ourselves. we may be bursting into tears every now and then. we may find ourselves sitting in depression. Um, those are all more apparent things like it's time to really seek help. Mm-hmm. We then have another aspect of it where someone might realize that they want to go to a coach or to a therapist, when they realize that they feel ready and willing to move into a place of forgiveness, which is another stage, they may have really sat with this. And I think that's the first step also, I need to believe that my life is bigger than the pain. And I want to find a way Mm, to have a better life and to lead it and to feel healthier. And they feel they're capable of it. Mm -hmm. And or they feel that they need the help, they need that little nudge, or they need the tools to help them get to the next step that they believe they're ready. Mm -hmm. So that is another stage one can be in. So we have the first one, Mm -hmm. then we have the second one. The third indicator might be in, I would say in more like relationship work, where they feel like they're just on a hamster ring in this relationship, mm-hmm. whether it's with a parent, whether it's with a partner, let's say maybe someone is going through a divorce mm-hmm. and they want to build a new life. They actually want to, they feel like they have a bigger purpose, but they cannot stop thinking mm-hmm. about what had been done to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they want to have a better relationship. They love their partner. Mm-hmm. They want change but they they can't seem to move forward from it no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. That also is like, okay, let me reach out to a coach or a therapist.
0: Because sometimes we all need that help. Those are great indicators. And yes, sometimes we all need that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I want to move on a little bit, but I also want you to be able to say anything else that you want to tell us about forgiveness right now. Is there anything else?
1: I'd like to just say for people to really think about it has its ebbs and flows, Mm. and we can't bully ourselves into it either. So realize that. Realize that we might also feel like you know that we've reached that place, and there may be a trigger, and we may you know start to have those feelings. So it's okay. Give ourselves a bit of permission, Mm -hmm. and don't be so hard on yourself. You'll get there. It
0: takes time. Yeah, I like that. That it isn't always linear. I have heard so many times, even as a therapist, I would hear people come in and say, "I really thought I had forgiven. I thought I worked through this a long time ago, and now all of a sudden, right, it's come back, and um, that's okay. That's what happens." <laughs> And you just get to work through it at a different place in your own life, like from a different perspective, like you were talking about. So I love that, that you said that it's not linear at all.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other part that um, I'm thinking about when you brought up injustice that I just feel it's important um, to say is when we say to ourselves, I want to replace injustice with healing. Mm.
0: That's great. Those are really great words. Great words to end. Before we go, I want to have you tell us how people can get a hold of you, how they can get in touch with you, and all the different things that you have going on. I know you have lots going on. So um, yeah, tell us everything. Yeah,
1: sure. Um well, uh, people can go to my website, opening the door, psychotherapy.com, but I also have another website that's coming out, the beta Spinelli group. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to create another website is, um, I'm all about always putting out valuable content, but I'm also doing a lot of work in, um, hypnotherapy mm. and doing a lot of mental health consulting work. And I just. Um, wanted to introduce a lot of different modalities to people because one size doesn't fit all right. And we're ever evolving. So um, people can reach me through that. Um, And naturally in that is my contact information. Uh I also um, I have social media handles and I'm always trying to balance right in terms of how much social media there is, but I use it more for content, right? Where I want to give out messages and messaging. So I have a relationship fixer-upper group that people can join. I'm on Instagram, the Vita Spinelli Therapy. Um, so people can you know, look out there and look for things and message me. Um, I'm also the good old-fashioned way. There's a phone number on all <laughs> of my handles and my website. I promise you I will call. Like I'm a dinosaur in that. I like the phone, you know? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Call me. Um, um, Some of the things that I'm working on, and you're you're right, Wendy, I have my hands in a lot of different buckets. Uh Um, One of the things that's exciting is I'm working on a book around relationships. And although I won't get into what that's going to be about the exact topic, but it's pretty impactful. I'm going to open up the space that if someone, or if there's a couple that's interested in being interviewed and reaching out to me, Um, I'm happy to, I'm going to start interviewing, you know, couples and individuals on relationships and that topic. And so they can reach out by, you know, email, phone call, et cetera. Um, I am going to be launching uh, a podcast that focuses on psychodynamic psychoanalytic work with a colleague of mine. So that's going to come in. That's fun. Um, and I also am working on, um, a couple of eBooks and one's already going to be on my website. It's jumpstarting your divorce because I have found that oftentimes people don't know where to begin mm-hmm. and it's very overwhelming. And so it's part of my divorce support and recovery program. And so I, I offered the ebook and I really work eight to 12 weeks with um, women in particular around moving through their divorce healing, empowered, healing, and building the best version of themselves. So that's also something that um, I like to offer to people and that I'm also continuing to work on.
0: Those are so many very cool things. So I will put all the links to all of that stuff in the show notes so people can find it quickly. And I know that people will want to reach out to you about all of that, especially that book. That sounds very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming your way. right? <laughs> Yay. Okay. Uh, I have my last three questions, Uh, three questions I ask everybody in my podcast. So the first one is, uh, we would love to hear an event that changed you. Moving into private practice, when I made the decision
1: to go back and do my academic and clinical training and become a psychotherapist, Uh changed my life. It's like i felt like I was connecting really to my authentic self.
0: Like I,
1: this is it. This was it. And it was
0: just the most amazing feeling. Oh, I love that. That is a big event. Big event and wonderful. Yeah. Okay. The second question is a person who changed you. What a great question. Because,
1: you know, when you said that two came to mind, <laughs> can I say two? Sure. Sure. <laughs> why not? Uh the first one is um, was my therapist. Oh. Um, she really did, and I hope she's listening, oh, oh. because I started seeing my therapist during that time that I felt stuck, and then during my analytic psychoanalytic training. And um, what a difference it made for me, and what a difference to deeply understand myself patterns, relationships, etc. So I would say um, her. Uh And then the second person that really changed my life, um, and he's no longer with us is my grandfather, who's such a beautiful soul and author, um, and had a really um, impactful immigrant uh, story of really coming from deprivation and poverty, into ultimately working at the UN and being an author. And he really inspired me really in a very in a in a way that I think was just life-changing, that I could really at, at any point really just pick up the pieces uh-huh. um and rebuild, no matter what is thrown my way. So I think he really helped me lean into resilience.
0: That that's a such a great mindset, right? I think people don't have that mindset all the time. And when you can't have the mindset, of like, whatever I'm wherever I am, I can always pick up the pieces and do something different and better and great. Yeah. Yeah. Those two people sound very important. And thank you for sharing that. Okay. The third question is a book that changed you.
1: Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now.
0: Mm. It is
1: something that really changed me. Um it really helped to just understand better how powerful being in the present is. Mm -hmm. And I would say even when you're looking at trauma space and there's so much going on, it is such a grounding book and it gave me such perspective around the importance of mindfulness and being Mm -hmm. present and recognizing how important it is to lean into that and see how meaningful that is in one's life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched Oprah interview him on Super Soul Sunday, mm-hmm. but really it's like so powerful. And I think that book was life-changing to me. And I would recommend it you know, for anybody who's sort of struggling and really has, has a lot of anxiety and fear mm-hmm. about all these things in the future to go to Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now.
0: I will put the link to that in the show notes. That is a very wonderful book, very powerful. It was so good to have a conversation with you today. Thank you very much for joining me. And I look forward to hearing more from and about you. Thank you, Wendy. It was such a pleasure. I look forward to
1: us continuing to stay in touch. And I appreciate you know us having this
0: discussion today. Great. We will talk soon. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.